There's a place here at the table Your coats go by the door You can kick your shoes off in that pile on the floor I hope you wore elastic Cause your waistband's gonna get tight Take time's done, we're having a night Hi guys, okay, so we have such a fun bonus episode today If you listened last week, we had the fabulous Yola Robert on That was our first bonus episode And we're just doing a slew of these sort of like mini episodes Where we have spoken to these wonderful people and not gotten to air it. So we Mm -hmm. recorded with Sophia forever ago and just never got around to doing it because, you know, schedules get crazy. And then we start interviewing all these people and God only knows what happens. We're chickens with our heads cut off, but she is a gardener. She's New York based. Um, and we just talk all about trying to grow things in the city. She actually really inspired me to start growing basil in my apartment. Now I have rosemary, thyme, basil. I bought a lemon tree for Harry a little Meyer lemon tree. It's literally two feet tall, but I'm so excited. And Let I me just reiterate yeah, though, well, because I think you are so used to this because you have, you know, are so involved with NYRP. But I think for all of our listeners who are not in New York City, Sophie just said that she's a New York based gardener. Like literally, she is gardening in New York City, which I think is pretty mind blowing, just yeah. as, as a fact. And I think that it just is worth, worth mentioning. Yeah, totally. Yes. We were hooked up with her through New York Restoration Project, which I'm sure you guys have heard me talk about, but it is um, an open and green space organization in New York City that I work with that my mom started 25 years ago, now almost 26 years ago, which is wild. Um, And they provide spaces for people to garden for, they, I think they grew oh my God, 40,000 pounds of food in 2020. And they've really shifted their focus towards food insecurity, towards eradicating food deserts in the New York area. Um, And so Sophia is on to speak about her work with them, her work on her own gardening, of course. And, oh, she says something so fun, which I'm just Mm going to give away now that I've been using these flavor cubes a lot. She talks about them in the episode. So listen up, enjoy. And we'll see you on the other side. That's right. We want to talk about gardening Mm -hmm. in New York City. Do you have a plot at one of the New York Restoration Project gardens? Like walk us through what you've got and then we can like get into all the nitty gritty. I moved to um, East New York (laughs) and I used to bike by this NYRP garden all the time. I was just so mesmerized by it. It was literally every time I biked by, it was just, it lifted my spirits. I'm like, I just need to, you know, one day I was just like, I just need to go inside. Like I need to find a way I need to go inside. I just need to sit down and read a book. I don't know how I I just need to do something inside because it's so beautiful. I love the space you know, I found out I met the sisters who started the garden. Yeah. So it was just great to just finally, they welcomed me um, with open arms, which was amazing because um, I was actually really in search of an open space yeah. at the time. And I was really inspired, like I said, about that space. And I wanted like, I want to be in there. So when they were like really receptive to me joining the garden, I was just too excited and, uh, yeah, then I decided to just develop some plans and like what, 
beyond just enjoying it for myself. And what, did you like grow up gardening or was that really your first experience with your own garden? That was actually really my first experience, like, but in my apartment, I've always had, in my personal apartment, I've always had plants. Mm-hmm. It was just something about plants is something about growing that was natural to me. I didn't know what I was doing. I just put mm-hmm. seeds in the soil. I, I had no idea. I'd go to the farmer's market. I have no idea. I just, I loved gardening. I loved open spaces. I loved the fact of like growing my own food. I didn't know where it came from, but I grew up eating herbs. So it was like familiar eating, you know, not eating, but just knowing of things that I was growing. I was like, oh, I, I know of this, but I didn't know how it grow, but I was curious about it. So I think it was just a combination of curiosity and just like something that maybe was in me. What do you grow in each of the seasons? Yeah. So in the garden and um, McLeod is actually my NYRP garden and um, it's on Liberty. And so it's gone through a lot of transitions as far as like, um, I guess, growing space. So uh, what we were growing there was mainly herbs and tomatoes. And um, I had a small patch uh, where I'm growing and also I grow in back in my backyard as well, like both oh, um, cool. at the time. Mm-hmm. So basil, I do grow because believe it or not, basil outdoors will run free. Oh, wow. and it will go weed. Oh. It will go weed and I can make pesto right now. Like it's just, it's insane. And I have like three different basils right now. So Thai basil and I'm, I'm a gardener, but I don't know all the names. So yeah, yeah, yeah. like, again, I'm also experimenting. Even I've started what 2016, I started growing. I don't know all the names, but there's a purple basil that is growing. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. It's beautiful. And it's delicious. Yeah, and they just run free. Like, I don't have to do much at all. Um, Peppers. um, One pepper that I really wanted to grow this year. Um, I try to choose one thing that I just never grown before. And I chose a Scotch bonnet, which is a Caribbean pepper used all throughout the Caribbean. And, you know, I'm Jamaican, so... Uh, we use that in everything, and it's the hottest pepper. Right. Um, I so made a chicken the other day that had a Scotch bonnet yeah. sauce, and literally. So Ari and I interviewed this amazing chef named Pierre Tiam, and he has this book called mm-hmm. Senegal. And I made this Cameroonian chicken that was like unbelievable. It was so good, but the sauce mm-hmm. that came with it it called for five Scotch bonnets. I put in three scotch bonnets. I mean, and I had people over. We had like two of our friends over and it was, I was like, guys, be very careful. Like one dab (laughs) is all you need. It's like the flavor was so amazing, but it was, I mean, like scorched your mouth. Oh, I love that. I feel like I get, I I don't know. You got like high from it. Yeah, you feel like euphoric. It's like all over. It starts here and right. it just like grows. Yeah, you like start to <laughs> oh, it's exactly. so good. Oh my God. It has a lot of flavor, like just in the skin. Like you drop the scotch bonnet and, you know, you score it or not, but you scrap it, drop it in anything you're cooking. It adds a lot, not just a heat, but it just adds a flavor to it that 
you know, is so familiar to the Caribbean and I know a lot of other countries outside of the Caribbean. Um, now it's kind of a native to at this point. And it just, it's just a flavor that you can't even describe. It's beyond heat just to be hot, but it's, yeah. it's a nice flavor. So I tried to grow that this year. It did not happen. So I, really? that was my fail, but I still have the seeds. So, you know, I'm going to try next year. But I did grow um, bell peppers mm-hmm. that were insanely delicious. Like, so good. I also feel like when you're growing things yourself, you appreciate the flavor so much more. You're like, this is the best piece of food I've ever had in my life because I grew it myself. <laughs> yes. Yes. And especially if it's good, too. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it does. Because you like you you can't believe like you took this from seed to an actual like plant, you know? Yeah. It's amazing. And I know that's it's like not everybody has a backyard, but the NYRP gardens there, there's there's so many that are accessible to the community. So, you know, even if you don't have a backyard and if you don't, you know, don't want to go to the gardens, you know, COVID or whatever, you can also try in your windowsill. So until you feel comfortable to come out to the community gardens, because there's so much open space. And I think that's a misconception. There's so much open space, um, gardens or areas where you can grow your own and just feel that appreciation, especially a time where, I mean, people are talking about food shortages. I mean, grocery store seems okay now, there's not long lines to go in right. and then, you know, long wait if you're, if you're privileged enough to order online, you know, you can, now you can get those things, those items, right. but think about it in times where we were in that tough bind where you can maybe get a few things, like a few herbs growing on your windowsill is something where you can start just, especially herbs, you know, you can just start there and, um, it's just so rewarding. And what else am I growing? Tomatoes. Yes. Leafy greens. I'm growing kale, Swiss chard, Yum. eggplants. I have a question. Um, cucumbers. Do they take a super long time to grow? Cause I, we have an eggplant. <laughs> my, I was quarantining with my boyfriend's family and they had an, a little egg eggplant potted outside. And it was like, I was watching it all summer long and it was so, there was just one and it took so (laughs) long to grow. And then I went away for a while. And when I came back, it was still there. And I think they had like left it too long because it was purple, but now it's like brown. I think we had, they had left it too long on the vine. They should have picked it. Yeah. Yeah. How do you know? I agree with you. It took forever. I'm 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 a fan of most vegetables, but eggplant is not one. Uh-huh. So, really? Oh. <laughs> wow. I haven't. I'm I'm working on it. Yeah, I'm working on it. I lo- you know the fact that it's purple, it, it won me over with that. But I just like it. So it was beautiful. taking a long time. Right. It's so okay. beautiful. Is and it's ta- it was taking a long time, and I was just like, I I don't have time for you. That's I right. don't know what's happening. Yeah. Okay, do your thing over there. I just (laughs) the tomatoes are exploding, the peppers are exploding, and then the one eggplant is like taking its goddamn time. Just like, come on, yeah. Something that I I heard about eggplant is like basically anytime you're in a market, if it is purple, if it's an eggplant that's meant to be purple and not like a fairy tale eggplant or whatever, if it's purple, it's ready to eat. 
Meaning like no matter what size it is, it is ready to eat. Because I think some people think like, oh Mm. no, if it's too small, then it's underripe. But it's like, once it hits that color, it's, it's ready. So just a PSA for all of our listeners out there and for you two eggplant growers. Thank (laughs) Thank you so much. Thank you for that. Maybe let's talk a little bit about cooking and eating. Yeah. Mm-mm. So favorite. You yeah. grew, you come from a Jamaican family. I would love yes. to hear about like what you grew up eating, like if there are certain ingredients that you really lean towards that you love. Like also I want you to talk us through that jerk sauce because it mm-hmm. sounds incredible. So just yeah, I mean I would just love <laughs> to really kind of hear about what you grew up eating and stuff. Yeah. So a lot of what I grew up eating, you know, we didn't eat, we didn't eat jerk sauce a lot. You know, I grew up in America. First of all, I'm from Maryland and I was born in DC. So I'm not natively from New York. Um, so my, a lot of my family started, my grandparents immigrated from Jamaica. Mm -hmm. So it was me and my grandparents a lot of the time, Mm -hmm. you know, and uh, so all the Jamaican traditional foods, like ackee and saltfish, uh, so a lot of codfish, a lot of provisions with people know, well, people know it's provisions, which are our variety of yams. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to think of the American names for, for them. I guess yuca, you know. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I love that. Sweet potato and we call Japanese yam, but I don't know what they call it in America. Yeah. But yeah, so it's like a variety of, of yams that you eat with your meal. So it's provision. So it's the fish, whether it's codfish, the salted cod, uh, mackerel, or you would eat liver, kidney, Yum. those things. Aki, of course. Um, Aki is a fruit in Jamaica and all throughout the Caribbean. It's a fruit with a little savory, buttery flavor once you cook it. Wow. Um, it it's only sold in a can here in America because part of the fruit is poisonous. Uh, so you'll never get it fresh. It's illegal. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's, it's delicious. It has a nutty flavor to it. It's yellow. It looks like eggs. Most people are like, oh, is that eggs? It's not eggs. It's, wow. it's ackee. It's so delicious. Um, we eat it with codfish or eat it with codfish cabbage and boiled dumpling or which is made dumplings just made strictly with flour, salt, and, um, water, mm-hmm. uh, or fried dumpling, which, you know, fried everything, you know? Uh-huh, uh, yeah. same ingredients, <laughs> same ingredients, different method, but very fluffy, you know, you would eat it with that or oxtail, with your stewed cabbage. Um, those are the kind of meals that I grew up on. Of course, like a mixed salad of some sort. So there was always like a meat, provisions, uh, rice and peas. How can I forget? Rice and peas yeah. uh, with fresh yeah. coconuts. We made it with fresh coconut, but now you can make it with like a, they sell it in the store on the like coconut block. It's like a, I guess a solid or some type of, uh, I don't know what you call it. Wait, but you what get, would you do with the fresh coconut? Okay. I so the fresh coconut, coconut, you make it, uh, your rice and peas. So your rice and kidney beans. It's mm-hmm. called rice and peas, but it's actually kidney beans. Uh-huh. And you use, you cook the fresh coconut in the, in the rice and the kidney beans. 
Yeah. Oh, wow. So that's it's like a it's so a coconutty good. rice. Yeah. That's what I call rice and peas. Ooh, that so sounds good. delicious. So that's like the everyday average meal. Grandma would make like a huge pot of that, and a huge pot of oxtail, <laughs> and yeah. a huge pot of stew cabbage, and you'd have like a on top of that you had like a fresh salad or something, you know, with tomatoes and whatnot, and just herbs. And I grew up on. The first thing of the day that you'd eat is like a fresh tea with like lemon peel. So, or I mean, excuse me, orange peel. Mm. So like oranges, the skin of the oranges, she would just boil that up for me. Yeah. So that's the stuff I grew up on. Like I always grew up on those those whole um, ingredients, those whole foods. I always had like appreciation for that. And even though I was in America, I felt like I was in Jamaica. Mm-hmm. Uh, as I always grew up with those foods. It was just so natural. The kind of um, recipes that you develop, are you inspired by part of your upbringing or is it all new stuff? I imagine that a lot of it has to do with the vegetables that you're growing. Do you, do you have like an idea that you want to execute or do you kind of look at your garden and say, oh, that looks ripe. Let me play around with this. I definitely do different things from how I grew up. Like for example, the jerk sauce. We, I only remember us cooking jerk sauce on special occasion. Like we had that during jerk sauce during holidays. Like it's only like one offs that was made, and you know you have it only on chicken. I've only known it. Not to say that anyone has ever used it on anything else, but I don't. In my family, we've only used it on meat, and mm-hmm. I don't eat meat like that. I mean, I eat meat, but I only eat like that. Um, so. I definitely knew a, I guess, as I guess, millennial or trying to transition, I use it on vegetables. I use jerk on, you know, fritters is another like thing that I used to make, my grandmother used to make, and I use, I make a lot now. It's just fritters with codfish or vegetables. It's just like a fried fried pancake. I think every culture has like a fried pancake. A version of it. (laughs) A version. Some version of it. Yeah. Like some version of it. I just dollop. It's kind of like a dollop. Jerk for me is like, you just add it to like anything you kind of want to add it because it's all about the sauces for me. Sauces like a rule, a good dish. Like, oh, just, just add a dang sauce. So, um, why do you think you I know, mixed up that five scotch bonnet sauce? <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh my gosh. What is in yeah. what's in a traditional jerk sauce and what do you put in yours? They are different. Like traditional jerk sauce, scotch bonnet, all spice, all spices, like a berry, yeah. um, berry. And when dried, you're familiar. Okay. So, you know, that goes in, that goes in everything really all spice. Um, what I like to put into it is um, ginger, like a fresh ginger, yeah. which you put into a lot of other things, but ginger is just also, especially now, like it's good for immunity. Soy sauce. Mm-hmm. I know you don't traditionally put <laughs> soy sauce right. in there, you know, so I try to switch it up a little bit because, um, you know, you can easily buy your own jerk sauce, but when you make it fresh, it's, it's not as hard as people think. You know, scallions, which are called green onions. Right. Um, so you, definitely that's traditional. Um, onions, garlic, those things. That's in every every dish. Right. Um, 
to make your own um, jerk sauce. But the the star of that is the scotch bonnet and molasses. Ah, because it gives molasses gives it that like brown color instead of sugar. So I've never made it before. Do you warm? Mm-hmm. Are things being sauteed? Like are the onions and garlic being sauteed, and then everything's blended? Like is is everything kind of in a in a little pot on the oven, just going and going, and then you blend it, or is it all or raw? Is, yeah, raw blend. Eat. You can make it yourself. It's raw, so you just throw everything in a blender. Throw it in there, blend. Yeah. So we use it as a sauce, but can you also use it as a marinade? Yeah, totally. I think the night before, you know, ideal jerk, you want to like use it as a marinade. You want right. to keep your meat in it for a day. Right. That's also traditional. And, you know, I forget like, hey, like not everybody knows how to make jerks. So oh, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, you can definitely use it as a marinade. And I feel like most sauces you can use as a marinade. Yeah, I agree. Totally. I agree. Yeah. Most sauces, I feel like you can t- definitely, especially depending on what you're cooking, but for the most part, any meats or anything. Yeah, jerk is totally a good marinade. And I think the best part of it, you need to like let it sit in that jerk sauce for mm-hmm. at least a night mm-hmm. Yeah, to get that good flavor. And so you and do that with on- vegetables too? Yeah, I use jerk on my veggies and I just, I, I saute. So I make my sauce beforehand. I, you know, keep it on hand and I just kind of dip it. Whatever I'm making, I add a little bit to whatever, like when I'm sauteing vegetables or I really like putting on all types of vegetables, but with zucchini, I don't know what it is about zucchini, but. Zucchini gets such a bad rap. (laughs) So many professionals. Really? Yes. And I love it. I don't know. Why? Zucchini, but it has to be cooked down enough that it doesn't have as much water content. Like it does have a lot of water content. So I think it's just patience. And I think a lot of people are like, I'm trying to cook a meal in 20 minutes. It's like, no, your zucchini is going to take a lot longer than 20 minutes. No? (laughs) Yeah. And even if it does have that water, I mean, hydration, we all need a little. That's true. We do need hydration. We need a little hydration, you know. I'm so hungry. It's good for the beauty. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm all about using vegetables for different things, like, I have like so much sage right now. Um, a lot of people are like use it to burn and just like kind of sage your house, which is right. great. But you know, when the spirits are clear, clear and free, okay, yeah, uh, <laughs> you can use it for like a bouquet. Like I use it a lot for bouquet mm-hmm. in my bathroom, and um, I use it like eucalyptus. I don't grow eucalyptus not yet, at least, yeah. but. Yeah, I put it on my shower head. And so like when the steam comes up on my shower, I love it. It's the same thing like the eclipse. I just tie it around my shower head and just like get that going before I go into the bath. That's and I put so it just bouquets in the house. I have a bouquet like down in my bathroom right now. And I just like, put it around the house so it just smells like, you know, intense. And then when I put it in the kitchen, I just like pick off a piece and you just, you know, put it in something. Yeah. If you're making your eggs or... You know, right now I have a quinoa salad. I'll just chop it up and put in my quinoa salad. You can make sage butter, you know, you can Ooh, do so yeah. much. And yeah. so, you know, from beauty to like your actual food, I'm, I'm all about that personally. Yes. So a lot of the work that I did in the NYRP garden, you know, just started from like educating the community about 
how you can eat vegetables. Because I think people forget or people either forget, you know, especially, you know, indigenous people, you forget this is food that, you know, your culture has been using for many years to heal, you know. And so this is how you can prepare it in a simple, easy way. And um, that was my intent, you know, after I became a member. And then, you know, now to this point is I just want to share like so many ways and variety you can use, you know, fruits and vegetables from the beauty aspect to just even like just in, uh, enhancing your environment using yes. as a bouquet yeah. to, you know, then adding it to your food. So it's also sustainable. Like you're doing all these things. I mean, I wouldn't take it to the shower, to the food, to the plate, but <laughs> <laughs> what I'm saying is if you use a bouquet, you could probably later on chop it up, you know, right. that's fine. You know, so sustainability, but also learning how to really want it to, you know, um, come into or become an RD because I really want people to understand it's not intimidating. Don't feel intimidated by fruits and vegetables. And also you can have simple flavors and enjoy and be health and enjoy your food and it be healthy right. and also be enjoyable. Cause it's also about, all about the joy. I'm, I'm all about the joy. Like right. I'm not, you know, when people think about healthy, they're like, Oh, that's disgusting. You don't know, you know, there's some kind of stigma there or some blockage there. Healthy is disgusting. Right. And you know, one of my goals is to kind of break down that barrier that health equals disgusting. No, healthy could be, healthy is delicious, not yes. could be. It yes. is delicious and you can have fun with it and you, you can enjoy your food and, you know, season it really well with the jerk or, you know, done the seasoning cubes and things like that. And also be sustainable and also, and, you know, make it become a part of your life and your environment so it's, yeah. it enhances your mood and, and all the things. When you've been working in NYRP's gardens, are you also, so it mm-hmm. sounds like you're also like working in their education. I created my own program um, called Project Homemade and I was working out of McLeod Garden, NYRP Garden, uh, with the community and bringing them my own educational programming that I created. So it was... Uh, Project Common was based on taking processed foods, normally processed foods, and coming together and the community basically making it from scratch in the garden using garden produce. So, for example... Yeah, give us examples. Oh, my God. Yeah, I thought... Because I chose the program to be centered around processed food because, obviously, processed foods are something in abundance. And, you know, I feel like it's also something we can make at home. For example, ketchup. They would pick the tomatoes and we'd make ketchup. So ketchup, just like a simple um, brown sugar and yeah. And uh, they uh, have them pick the uh, simple herbs. There was thyme, I think, or rosemary. That was rosemary. It's abundance of rosemary in the cloud. And have them pick that, wash it, and just the idea of them touching it, you yeah. know, I think also is having the touch, the tactile part about it, um, harvesting it, not just doing it for it and having it ready, but them actually cutting it, washing it, chopping it, cutting it, adding it to the pot themselves. I had like a whole setup, a camp stove set up and they would 
pretty much like on the cutting boards and knives and they'll just do the whole thing. And it was big or important that they do all the cooking. It's not a demo. It's not me doing anything. I'm not doing anything. They're doing it. Even if it's wrong, it doesn't matter. The fact that, you know, the community is touching it. So you have that full experience. Cause I think that's, that's how I learned a lot is just by touching and figuring out my own and, uh, you know, with my own hands, like not just watching someone do something. Before we close, will you okay. talk about the flavor cubes? Yeah. Because I feel like this mm. is such a good hack. I hate that word hack, but like <laughs> such a good one. Will you talk about that? Because I think our listeners will freak out. Yeah, they'll love it. Oh, yes. Okay. So here's the tea on the flavor cubes. <laughs> So listen, Mm -hmm. so flavor cubes are everything. This is what my grandmother did. And flavor cubes are basically adding your essential ingredients. And forgive me, I may miss a few. So I may like revert to the recipe, but the essentials are garlic, thyme. You have all these seasonings and then you add it to an oil add it to like a light cooking oil, not an olive oil, not a honey. Not an olive oil. Interesting. Not an olive oil. I mean, you could. But the point I feel like, because olive oil has so much flavor actually, that like maybe you want to just let the other flavors sing. Yeah. You don't want to cook. And then also you use this to cook. So you don't want to like cook down a good olive oil. Right. 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 right, right. It probably does something to it molecularly when you freeze it. Yeah, I don't know, but I've never used the olive oil. You just take a light oil. Mm-hmm. Um, right now, using grapeseed oil, you can use different varieties of light oil. And all your herbs, whatever they may onion, garlic. I'm trying to remember onion, garlic, um, cilantro, you can use. You can use um, parsley. Uh, did I say allspice already? Thyme. Oregano, you maybe. Scotch bonnet, oregano. You can change it up, or you can use a lot of all of that. Blend it, add it to the oil, pour it out in the, into the ice tray, mm-hmm. freeze it. And when you're ready to cook, all you have to do is scoop it out and add it to your veggies. Scoop out all of it or scoop out a piece of it, depending on what you're cooking. That way you don't have to grab a bunch of like seasonings. And sometimes people find it more easier and you could just put the cubes in the meat. Put the cubes in the in the veggies, and just saute away, and it, everything is already done. <laughs> it's also, so yeah, it's you're, so smart. You're preserving the life of these herbs, like if you're growing them in their peak form. Yeah, it's like if you have an abundance of basil right now, then yes, you can make all these flavor cubes with the basil instead of then you know in the winter having to buy some super expensive basil from the grocery store that's not even that good and then chopping it up. You know what I mean? So seasoning cubes are definitely a way to go. And then if you have herbs growing right now, like to your point, like the basil or even the thyme, um, say you have thyme and it's drying out, that's perfectly fine. What I do is I will probably go out, grab all my um, thyme or my rosemary. And once I wash it, wash it first, lay it out. It dries. Then guess what? I have, it's going to become brown. It's not spoiled. You right. basically can chop it up and have your own seasonings. 
Um, and that's exactly. what I do. It's much. dried. Yeah. It's like, what do you exactly. think you're buying when you buy dried thyme? You're buying dried thyme. Right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you don't want to do seasoning cues, you can also mix and and mix your blends. So say if you have like five different seasonings that, okay, I use this all the time. You can get an empty bottle and mix the different seasonings together. So all you have to do is just make your own dash in a way. Right. right. <laughs> like I've been, I, I have like a garam, sala, garam masala that mm. I made and it's just like, I just made a ton of it so that then whenever I want to cook something with garam masala, I can just use it as opposed to like, I don't want to every time have Measure. to get out my mortar and pestle yeah. and like do, you know, it's a, <laughs> or my coffee grinder is what I usually use if I'm perfect. Yeah. But it's like, yeah, just make a big batch and then you have it on hand, but at least it's fresher and cheaper. Oh my God. Yes. Yes. Create your own systems. Don't be afraid to like, like to your point, create your, create your own systems that make it easier to prep and enjoy like your fresh herbs and your fresh foods and things like that. Like try different things. Well, on that note, I'm going to go and breathe. Okay. So here's what I have. The three of us can brainstorm this. I have a bunch of cilantro. I have a lot of dill. I have garlic, obviously. I have some smoked garlic. Ooh. I have, and then I have like, you know, every like spice under the sun. But so maybe I should just do like some dill, some cilantro, and some smoked garlic and oil and yes. freeze yes. that. Yes. Yes. Add some chili too, like some spice. I, oh, because I have scotch bonnets left. Okay, oh but God. don't use five. No, I'm going to use one. <laughs> use half of Maybe use two. Maybe use two. Maybe use two. <gasps> no, I saw what happened to me last time. Oh, my, oh God. my God. I love that. And then you can have <laughs> Sophie's special flavor cube. Exactly. And that's your mix. I love it. <laughs> She's so cool. So, so great. I'm so glad that we got to talk to her. She's just one of those people where I'm like, do you get more hours in the day than I do? She's in school, right? She's mm-hmm. she's gardening, she's cooking, and she just seems like so relaxed and easygoing about it all. And, and she's making all these beautiful dishes and studying nutrition. I don't know. She just, she's a beautiful person. Yeah. A real effortlessness. Yes. I feel like, isn't that sort of what we all aspire to is like effortlessness? But don't you think about that sometimes with acting? Like sometimes I'm like, I'll watch a tape of myself and be like, oh my God, that was so effortful. Like, Mm -hmm. you know what, if I haven't had time to prep or something, it's like, I'm like strangling it instead of just being like, hey man, just let it go. Mm -hmm. Anyway. (laughs) Agreed. Well, thank you, Sophia, for coming on. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Sophia, for coming on. Thank you, NYRP, for connecting us to her. And thank you to our listeners, as always. We'll see you soon. 